Okay, so we are, um, we're back in Judges. Last week we're in Galatians. This week we're in Judges. Uh, we're going to be in Judges again next week. Um, and then we're probably going to start heading into another week or two. We're going to get into the Bible Basics series. Uh, so, warning ahead of time, next week will be a brutal sermon. Uh, it's the last two chapters of Judges. If you want to go ahead and read them, uh, go ahead and read them. Uh, not many people, uh, including scholars and Bible students for, what, thousands of years, even know how to approach the text. So I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Uh, all right, so who is the most famous person in the world today as of January 2022? Anybody know? Oh, you know. Come on, you know. Adrian Hawthorne, if he's here, he knows. You know who it is? The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, right? Do y'all not know who The Rock is? I mean, if you don't know who The Rock is, I can't help you. But Adrian actually, he built a, a trailer for him and had an opportunity to meet him. And he's like, no, I'm going to go on vacation with my family. I'm like, well, you can send me. I'll be your ambassador. Just tell me what I need to know about that truck. Some of the others that made the top 20 list include President Donald Trump, President Joe Biden, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Kylie Jenner, Robert Downey Jr., Cristiano Ronaldo, Justin Bieber, and Oprah Winfrey. So our text only has one simple question that it's going to ask over and over again. And, and it would ask these amazing people with their, their epic feats and their epic fame. It would just ask them one simple question. The question is this, what is the source of strength? There are 100,000 plus Russian troops right now on the Ukrainian border. Why are they there? Is it an invasion? Is it a power play? Is it geopolitical intrigue? Is it a peace mission? You have powers, world superpower powers. You have, which are, you know, when they get all the attention because when they break things, it is a big deal. There are the more traditional localized powers of state and local and county and tribe and civil authorities and institutions and leadership positions. There's the local of the family and the church and community. There are the more unseen invisible powers, right? Ideologies, beliefs, doctrines, theologies, the way we interpret reality, there's those. There's these unseen powers called demons and angels and gods, plural, and idols. There's the more organic relational powers, right? The giving and withholding of a relationship. There's the power of love and the power of hate and the power of indifference. There's the power of bullies and abusive people. And this text just has one question, a simple question. For all the powers out there today, what is the source of strength? You're a junior high student. You're trying to find your way. You're trying to find your friends. You're trying to find something you're good at. You're trying to find yourself. And this text has one simple question for you. What is the source of strength? You're a young mom, you're trying to find your way, you're trying to find sleep. You're trying to find human connection beyond, mommy, 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 right? 
you're trying to find God. You're trying to find human connection. You're trying to find yourself. And this text has one simple question for you. What is the source of strength? So you're struggling, right? I mean, who isn't and hasn't struggled over these past two years? I mean, you got the fear, you've got the exhaustion, you got the chaos, you got the confusion. You have the anger, you have the dividing, and you have this dystopian weirdness going on all over in these past two years. You're struggling maybe with a relationship or struggling with an addiction. Are struggling with depression. Maybe you're struggling with God. And this text is asking you just a simple question. What is the source of strength? You're crushing it, man. You're crushing it. You're crushing it at school. You're crushing it at work. You're crushing it on the athletic field. You're crushing it in the music hall. You're crushing it on social media. You're crushing it. People like you. You're successful. You're an achiever. You're crushing it with God. You're deeply connected to him. You're crushing it in your life change, in your personal holiness, and in your relationships. Uh, you're crushing it and being used by God. And this text just has one simple question for you who are crushing it. What is the source of strength? So God does it, right? Let's say he does it. We, Redeemer, want to swing for the fence. We're going to believe God to reach multitudes and multitudes of people with the gospel. Let's say he does it. Let's say God grants Redeemer to have a large gospel footprint in Waco, an anchor gospel church, multitudes and multitudes being reached and renewed, multitudes and multitudes have, making friends and having gospel conversations naturally, genuinely, lovingly, not hokey, not churchy, like real friendships, real conversations, God really breaking in. Lives and neighbors change, relationships change, communities change, Waco changes every Sunday. People flock expectantly to be spoken back to life again. I cannot wait till Sunday to be spoken back to life again. I can't wait till Sunday for my child to be spoken back to life again. I can't wait till Sunday for my marriage to be spoken back to life again. I can't wait for God to speak us back to life again. Where good news, not good advice, is the norm in Waco. It's just the norm. It's the, it's the teaching of Waco. It's the teaching of the church. Experiencing Jesus with the Bible is just ordinary, normal Christianity. Not experiencing church traditions, but experiencing Jesus with the Bible. Not experiencing a particular music sound, but Jesus with the Bible. A gospel movement just simply shows up. Or a movement of people connecting to each other, connecting to God, connecting to a meaningful mission, all because of the gospel. 
And then let's say swinging for the fence. God grants it. We lead this anti-celebrity church planning network into central Texas. Places that are on no one's church planning map. I can tell you they're on no one's church planning map. Mart is on no one's church planning map. Riesel, Hillsboro, West, on no one's church planning map. It would take an anti-celebrity pastor to go to places like that. And what if we lead one, a church planting network, into central Texas of a bunch of no-name pastors, church planters, and we do it as a team where we're all praying for each other and we're all hearing about what's going on and we're all in it together. And there's this central Texas presbytery that forms, the first of its kind. There's just one simple question for us from this text. What is the source of strength? It's a long text, so I'm going to have you seat, be seated until I have you stand at the appropriate time. And while you're listening to it, luxuriate in it. Enjoy the text. See the text. Experience Jesus in the text. Are you ready? Here we go. So Samson went to Gaza, and there was a prostitute. He saw one. And he went into her, meaning he had sex with her. The, Ga- the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. And they surrounded the place and they set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night saying, let us wait till the light of the morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay until midnight, meaning, I'm giving you the meaning. You need to know the meaning. It means he had sex all day. But Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors at the gate of the city and the two posts and pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders. So the deadlift record, world record today, is 1,100 pounds. It's set by a British dude called Eddie Hall. Everyone calls him the beast. Samson makes Eddie Hall, the beast, look like a chihuahua. Go, Go YouTube the beast. Samson carried this gate, all of it, to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. Hebron is 38 miles away, and it's all uphill. So forget any comparisons today of any athletic feat. Forget Navy SEAL Hell Week, no comparison. Forget your Tough Mudders and your Ironman races and your 26-mile and ultra-mile marathons. There's no comparison here. After this, he loved a woman. I guess he's on to the next. In the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah, and the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, seduce him. And here it is. See where his strength comes from. You see it? There's the simple question of of the text. Where or what is the source of strength? Seduce him and see where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to humble him and that we will give you a thousand, one hundred, one thousand, one hundred pieces of silver. And so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies. In other words, what's the source of your strength and how you might be bound 
that no one could subdue you. Samson said to her, if you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried. So in those days, they took tendons and ligaments of cattle that were fresh, and they would tie them around something. And as they dried, they would contract. And it was like a glue or a vice. It would be our modern-day glue. So that's what he says. If you bind me in that stuff, it dries, contracts, I'm done. Then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had men lying in ambush in an inner chamber, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a thread flax snaps when it touches the fire, so the secret of his strength was not known. What is the source of strength? Now there's a stunning image here. Samson's name means sun. The sun. So what's happening is the sun rises and burns off its bonds. That's the picture here. You can't tie up the sun, can you? Verse 10, then Delilah said to Samson, behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. What's the source of strength? And he said to her, well, if they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, I'll become weak like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes, and here we go, same song, same story. The men were lying in ambush. But he snapped the ropes off his arms like a piece of thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, Till now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. What is the source of strength? He said to her, he's getting a little closer to the truth now, isn't he? Listen how close he gets. Something's happening here. Well, if you weave the seven locks of my head with a web and fasten it tight with a pin, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head, wove them into the web, and she made them tight with the pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, pulled away the pin, loom, and the web. Now there's another stunning image here. In that world, in the ancient world, the sun was always depicted in iconography as seven, having seven locks or seven rays. So you have the sun, Samson, with seven rays. So when you look at Samson, it's like looking at the sun. So if you shave off his seven locks, you're turning off the sun. And she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times, and you not told me where your great strength lies. What is the source of strength? And when she pressed him hard in her words day after day and urged him in his soul, his soul was vexed to death. Literally, it says that his soul was worn out. That's what nagging does. Just saying. And he told her all his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again. He told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands, and she made him sleep on her knees. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. She's not calling a literal man. Uh, to shave is in the feminine. So here's what's happening. Here's the chain of events that are happening here. They have sex. They sleep. Samson's worn out. He falls asleep on her knees. She starts shouting, Samson, Samson, to see if he's really asleep. He's silent. So she shaves off the seven locks. She turns off the sun. 
Then she began to torment him, meaning she's shaking him, pushing him, pulling him, trying to wake him up. He obviously doesn't need melatonin. And his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. What would that have been like? That, that moment. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. See, the, the sun in the ancient world was the eye to the cosmos. It was the all-powerful being watching you. And so when they gouged out his eyes, this is an intentional humiliating act. It's an intentional shaming. It's saying to him, who's the strong one now? You say you're the son. I darken you. So they brought him down to Gaza. They, well, they tormented him. The Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes. They bring him down to Gaza. They bind him with bronze shackles and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaved. That's just a minor detail. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and rejoice. And they said, they're having a worship service just like us right now. Our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country, who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they, caught, they said, Call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. And they made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, like a, like a circus animal, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords and the Philistines were there, all the important people. And the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Let's stand here for the final Part of the text. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O oh Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once that I may be avenged on the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistine. Then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Ashtoreth in the tomb of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel for 20 years. This is the word of the Lord. Be Please be seated. O oh Lord, this is your word. O oh Lord. Let it run. So the simple question asked over and over and over again in this text is what? What is the source of strength? The first answer is not broken relationships. In other words, not Delilah, right? After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Delilah is a Philistine. So for an Israelite man to pursue a girlfriend who's a Philistine or a wife who's a Philistine is to blatantly pursue a broken relationship. I'm going to pursue a broken relationship. That's what he's doing. How do we know it's broken? Because God said, don't go pursue a broken relationship. That's a broken relationship. I'm going to pursue a broken relationship. 
So we usually pick on Delilah in the story, don't we, though? I mean, we do. It's always like, I mean, betrayal comes to mind, right? And we pick on her. But don't miss how they're both using each other. Don't miss that. I mean, they're both saying, look, I love you because of what you can do for me. Because of what you can give me. They're both saying that. So in Delilah's world and the way that she's thinking and the way she's feeling, the way her heart is working towards Samson is, I love him because he can make me rich. 1,100 whatever it was of silver, right? He can give me financial security. He can, he can give me that house, that place by the sea. Maybe she's not in it for the love of money, though. Maybe it's like, I love Samson because he can make me a national hero. I mean, she's a Philistine. He's an Israelite. But he's not just an Israelite. He's Samson, the ravager. He's their Osama bin Laden. I'll be somebody when I take him down. I'll be important. I'll be a hero. Everybody will love me. Now, don't be too hard on Delilah. At least she has some depth. Here's how, here's how Samson's heart feels. Here's how Samson's heart desires. Here's how Samson's heart works. I love Delilah because she can give me sex. And sex. And more sex. Every human relationship in this text, every human relationship in the world right now, I don't care what it is, pick one, pick yours, your marriage, your family, pick uh, cultural unity, pick racial bonds, pick uh, an athletic team, pick a military unit. Every relationship in the world right now is broken. What can you do for me? Is that work in every relationship? Here this morning, outside these doors, all over the world, from geopolitical down to the closet of a house. What can you do for me? Let's just say that there's no other power, no other strength that comes in and counteracts that. This is just left alone in human relationships. What can you do for me? You know what happens? Our commitment to the other person and whatever relationship within, it doesn't matter if it's cultural, racial, national, marital, familial, uh, communal, it doesn't matter. Our commitment to each other always ends when the other person is no longer useful to us. Or when someone more useful comes along. What can you do for me is the most insecure relationships you can have. It is broken relationships. Simple question. The text asks over and over again. What is the source of strength? Well, first, not broken relationships. In other words, not Delilah. Second, not you. Not me. In other words... Not Samson, 
You thought it when you read it. Come on, let's be honest. You thought it when you read it. How can you be so stupid? I mean, come on, he's not just stupid once. He's stupid four times. And after the first time, a bunch of dudes break out of your girlfriend's closet to kill you. It's time for a DTR. Honey, can we please define this relationship? So why does Samson do it? I mean, ask yourself, why does Samson do it? Why does he finally, ultimately, end up telling her the truth? Would you? Well, the first reason from the text is called the relational reason. We could say it's the presenting reason. It's the reason that everybody easily latches on to. It's what sociologists will easily be attracted to. It's what psychologists and counselors and psychiatrists, doctors will immediately run to the presenting reason. The presenting reason is the relational reason. One judge's scholar says it this way. Samson is in the kind of denial that is typical in classic addiction syndromes. He may have so needed Delilah's sexual favors and adoration that he was in denial about her motives. He could not bear to disappoint her even though she was leading him to ruin. This is typical of many destructive relationships. So that's one reason, right? That's why he's doing it. So Delilah threatens their relationship in verse 15. Do you see that? How can you say, I love you, right? Ever had the, been in those kind of conversations with somebody? And it's too much for Samson, so he tells her all his heart, right? She's threatening the relationship, the security of the relationship, the security of the sex. I mean, he's just like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Second reason, though, is a deeper reason. We could say it's the hidden reason. We could say it's the ultimate reason. We could say it's the spring from which all streams flow. Verse 20, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. Do you see it? He really doesn't believe that cutting his hair will take away his strength. Samson's a Nazarite. You know what that means? He's a real genuine blues brother. He's the only one on a legit mission from God. You're not a blues brother. He was. And so what that meant was that he would take vows, like, God's called me on this special mission. I'm going to take a vow. You know what a vow is? Here I am, send me. I'm in it. I'll swing for the fence. I'm in it, God. Send me, please send me. That's what a Nazarite should respond. The vows should be like that. So vow number one is no unclean food, but Samson breaks this vow. What does he do? He touches a dead animal. Remember, he kills the lion, then he goes back to it. It's dead for a couple of days. He touches it. Not only does he touch it, but now he eats out of it. Remember the whole riddle about the honey? So he breaks vow number one, but he's still strong. Then he goes to vow number two. Remember what that was? No wine or strong drink. Right? But then when he gets married, he throws this big, huge drinking party. He breaks vow number two, but what happens? He's still strong. So now you get to vow number three. What's vow number three? No haircuts. So when Samson gets to vow three, 
and he's going to break it for this love that he has for whatever the sex thing he's got going on with Delilah, right? He's thinking, why would this be any different? I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. In other words, Samson thinks his strength is automatic. Samson thinks his strength is his own. I'm the source of my strength. I generate strength. I manufacture strength. I activate strength. like first time I was reading this I'll never forget first time I read this I'm like boy that dude's got it bad and then I now I think maybe like the second time I read it I'm like oh dang man I've got it bad I'm the source of my strength we do this when we look down on people struggling with addiction We do this when we look down on people struggling with a sin that we don't struggle with. I'm the source of my strength. Uh, We do this when we're the victim of our own success, right? I did this. I achieved this. I accomplished this. My brains did this. My brawn won the event. My iron will got me where I am in this leadership leadership position I will always have my beauty I will always have my strong will and powerful mind I will always have these gifts I will always be this young I will I will I will I'm the source of my strength we do this when the Christian life exhausts us when the Christian life makes us anxious When the Christian life um, is metallic, mechanic, it's dry, it's empty, it's depressing. I keep my relationship with God going. I've got to maintain my relationship with God. I've got to change my life. I've got to save them. Oh, God sent me. I can do it. Samson thinks, he feels, he relates. He does life as if strength is connected to him. He really thinks, I am the son. Simple question asked over and over again in this text is, what is the source of strength? Not broken relationships, not Delilah, not you or me, because it's not Samson, and it's not magic. It's not the Philistines. Do you see how the Philistines are obsessed with Samson's strength? Do you see how obsessed they are? They are obsessed, right? Uh, what's the secret? Is, is it magical hair? Is, is it magical Nazarite vows? Is it the magical way he has with women? What does he have that we don't have? Good looks? The son with the seven locks? An iron will carries like a 10,000-pound gate 38 miles uphill. You think he had calluses? Think he got a blister? Think there was sand in his shoes? 
You think the thing irritated his neck? Did he have farmer strength? Is that it? Jawbone Hill. How? The Philistines were asking over and over and over again. How do we tap into that strength? What do we do? Strength for the Philistines is magic. Push the right buttons, activate the powers, do something. Gosh, man, we never do this, right? I mean, watch, watch a UFC fighter or watch an MLB. Not everybody here watches UFC, right? Not everybody's into that. But most people have seen a major league baseball player go up to bat. forgot one I mean, come on my brother wore this grateful dead t-shirt for four years on the wrestling team never washed it oh yeah <clears throat> holes everywhere now I wasn't as superstitious I just look for a sign from God every time I stepped into the ring. Watch what happens if you, if you skip your quiet time tomorrow. Those of you that are in the discipline of having quiet times, watch what happens to you tomorrow when you skip it. Just skip it tomorrow. That's on tape. Your pastor is telling you to skip your quiet time tomorrow. Watch what happens to you. You're going to have a bad day, and it's because of that quiet time. I guarantee it. That's what you're going to think. Watch how each church tradition is loaded with ways to connect with God. Loaded with ways to tap into and activate the Holy Spirit. There are discipleship manuals. There are things off the charts in every tradition, including ours. What do I do? How do I activate strength? Simple question asked over and over again in this text is, what is the source of strength? Well, verse 20 finally points us into the right direction. You ready? And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Strength is connected to the Lord. All the important people are there to see the legend. 3,000 of them. Standing room only. Laughing, crying, singing, worshiping, celebrating. Just this nervousness and this buzz of we're strong, <clears throat> we're powerful. <clears throat> and they're telling each other that. 3,000 of them, all high on power. All high on their strength. I need that Gatorade. <clears throat> Thank you, honey. See, <coughs> strength. <sighs> A young boy leads the legend out. You see that? Hear that in the text? He leads the legend out like a circus animal. Everything, when he steps out, is total pandemonium. And everything 
ceases, stops. The bees, the wind, the birds, the people. It's a creepy, creepy silence. 3,000 strong. Everyone's looking at the legend. Then everything explodes. There he is. Jeering, laughing, taunting. Entertain us. The text literally says, quote, they praised their God, which was their strength, their own strength, over him. Maybe this is why nobody noticed where the legend was standing. He was standing between two pillars, and not just any pillars. These were the pillars that actually were the central pillars of the whole structure for the whole temple of Dagon. And the legend feels his, these pillars. And the legend prays for the second time in his life. The text says, verse 28, Samson calls to the Lord. Do you see that? Lord, L-O-R-D. Do you see it in your Bible, your electronic device? Notice that it's all capitalized. It's not capital L, lowercase O-R-D. Capital L-O-R-D. Lord. This is God's personal name reserved just for sinners. This is God's personal name that's just for messed up people. For weak people. For broken people. For people who are unable It's his grace name. The grace God. And life finally makes sense for Samson. He finally makes sense of his life. He finally makes sense of Delilah's life. Finally makes sense of the Philistines. He finally makes sense. This is who God is. This is what the mission is all about. This is what Israel is here for. This is what's happening right now in this arena. This is what was going on in her heart. This is what I've been struggling with my whole life. And everything finally makes sense to him. Strength is not connected to me. It's connected to the grace God. It's connected to grace strength. simple question asked over and over and over again in this text is, what is the source of strength? The simple answer given over and over and over again in this text is, the Lord, the grace God, grace strength. The Apostle Paul describes the change in Samson this way. He became strong in the Lord. He became strong in grace strength. So there you have it. You have the source of strength. You have the secret of strength. There it is, the secret to your life, the secret to living, the secret to cultures, the secret to education, the secret to politics, the secret to geopolitical powers, the secret to humanity. What is it? Be weak in yourself, become strong in the Lord. There's the secret. There's life. 
be a real legend. So, Samson grasps the two middle pillars, and you know the rest of the story. The last sentence of this, though, is breathtaking. It says, so the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed during his life. This means that the most important moment in Samson's life is his death. He doesn't deliver Israel in his life from all his feats and all his fame. He delivers Israel in his death all alone in his weakness. This is the only judge that dies in his mission. The only one. This is the only judge where the mission is his death. And the death delivers. The death is his strength. Do you see that line, verse 30, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines? Well, on the cross, there's a better Samson that says, let me die for the Philistines. Be weak in yourself. Why? You already are. You might as well just get honest about it and get real about it. Become. Become. Learn to become strong in the Lord. And you'll be a legend. Let me pray for us.